Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. Hi there, and welcome to Lifeline, the uh, Truth For Today edition. Every fourth Friday around here, our dear friend and, and colleague, Craig Roberts, gives us uh, a Friday evening to spend some time with you. And boy, what a Friday evening it is. It's Black Friday, so hopefully you, you, you've picked up a few good uh, a few good deals here and there. Probably most of it is online. But I tell you what, as you close out your Black Friday with all those great deals, We've got the best deal to top it all off tonight. <laughs> and that's and that's what we're going to do. Pastor Phil Howard is with us this evening, and we're going to talk about what we just celebrated yesterday. Yes, sir. Which is Thanksgiving. And we want to thank uh, you, Craig. You were a brave, brave man uh, to be sharing this spot. Uh, with the likes of us. <laughs> it is the truth. If your ratings have fallen off, it's because of us. And so uh, we, we cannot uh, thank God enough for you and the opportunity that you afforded us. And uh, it shows the nobility of your heart and uh, the great support you've lent this ministry. We, we thank God for you, Greg. And uh, thank you. Thank you. And we are so thankful to God. Uh, you know, holidays are very stressful. Uh, you're thinking of everybody that uh, you ought to buy a gift for. Uh, you're thinking of people that you need to buy a gift for that you don't want to buy a gift for. Uh, I mean, it's stressful, economics, uh, a lot of pressure. But do you just take time to think, uh, who's given you your breath? Where did your beginnings come from? Uh, My sister uh, was a woman that never married. Uh, She was a hard worker. She was the oldest survivor of us kids. There was five of us that survived. Two had died before. And uh, hard worker, wonderful person. But uh, on the job, many times at the table at night, since she wasn't married, she would unload the stress of the day and uh, the tensions maybe of the job. And uh, uh, my father would hear her at the table, and he had lived through a depression. And uh, every night he would thank God uh, for Mr. Henry Biggie over in San Leandro because he had stood at a gate uh, uh, all day to get a job that would pay him a dollar a day. And he burnt tires in El Dorado, Kansas, for fuel. And he nearly froze to death. And he buried two boys there. Hard times, hard times. And when she would get through pouring out her woe, uh, he would just, uh, at the table, there's five of us kids and him, and he would simply say, and my dear, where would you be? had tender hands not tucked you in at night. Mm. Where would you be if your old mother and I had not guarded you with our lives? Because when your two brothers died, you slept with us at night because we didn't want to lose you. And uh, 
And and she would either get mad or she would cry. <laughs> uh, she she's thinking, well, what does this have to do with my job situation? But it would break her heart. And, and I think of all of us. Where would we be had not tender hands? And let's if you didn't have earthly hands, the hands of God mm. have brought all of us this far. Yes. And we've got so much to be thankful for that we've come this far. We really do. I, you know, I, I would challenge folks um, just how circumstantial is your Thanksgiving? You know, uh, I, I know for for many of us, man. We, yeah, we pulled out a bird from the oven yesterday and maybe or may not have had dinner with family and friends. Uh, all the while, in the back of your mind, you're already worried about how you're going to pay for the the Christmas presents. You're still paying f- for the ones from last year. <laughs> and the worries of this world and the cares of this life, they really tend to overshadow this Thanksgiving that, you know, as is, is you and I talked about, that Paul in Colossians chapter 2, we should be abounding in Thanksgiving. Abounding. And, and today, our worries are such that we look at the government, the political staff. Status, the social status, everything, and you sit there and you think, well, how can you, how can you be thankful in light of all this? Well, and I think we get a great picture of it in Acts sixteen that uh, two men, their backs are still bleeding from uh, a prison beating, and all they've done is preach the gospel, and uh, they've been beaten, uh, they've been imprisoned unlawfully. Uh, Paul's a Roman citizen. He should have never been treated that way. And and yet at night, instead of groaning or grumbling or complaining, he said they were singing at midnight. Yeah. And uh, said, you know, I grew up uh, as some of us older Christians. We grew up with a song that goes this way: Oh, say, but I'm glad. I'm glad. Jesus has come, and my cup's overrun. Oh, say, but I'm glad, I'm glad. And in the other day, I was at a prayer meeting, and it just came to me what I think some believers have changed that song. They're singing, oh, say, but I'm mad, I'm mad. Oh, say, but I'm mad. I'm mad about inflation. I'm mad because uh, maybe uh, the man I didn't vote for got in. Yeah. Um, I, I'm mad about taxes. I'm mad about something. Yeah. And But it used to be Jesus was the source of my glad. And uh, I couldn't look at the politics. I think what we lived through in COVID, what we lived through the Trump-Biden election year, what— it divided the whole country that is now, who did you vote for? Right. I said, I, I voted for Jesus. Uh, he's my Savior. My joy is based on him, not politics, not on whether I wore a mask or not, not based on whether I was vaccinated or not. Right. Uh, when did it move from Christ to this? And it, it had a divisive, it closed churches, it divided household. We've got to get back to who is the source of our joy. And 
and the source of our thanksgiving, we've got to get back to him. We really do. And we've got to realize at the same time, our adversary, our enemy is really, really good at smoke and mirrors and bait and switch tactics to oh. get our minds and our eyes off the prize. Yes, sir. I, you know, at this point, verse after verse starts popping into my, you, you can go to Hebrews, let us lay aside every weight and every sin, all of these verses. So uh, what, I, what I want to do this evening, especially for you, dear listener, is spend some time helping recenter you. In other words, this isn't just theoretical stuff that Pastor Phil and I want to talk about tonight. This is extremely practical. Because we believe, uh, and I would say rightly so, that the church has really lost sight of where our joy and where our true happiness and thanksgiving really lies. Oh, we can maybe spend a few minutes talking about it on a Sunday, but by and large, Monday through Saturday, it's out the window. So if you'll stick with us, I I believe we're going to have a lot of encouragement for you this evening as we work through this issue of what true thankfulness thankfulness and true thanksgiving really is. I mean, we just celebrated it yesterday. How how heartfelt that was, that's, that's up for you to decide. But at the end of the day, I trust that our time together today will, uh, this evening, will encourage you. You're listening to Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition. You can find out more uh, about Pastor Phil and Truth For Today at truthfortodayradio.org. You can listen to uh, Pastor Phil Monday through Friday right here at 530 in the morning and 830 Sunday mornings. All right. There you go. That's the start of our show tonight. Give us a few minutes to pay some bills and we'll be back. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we're back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, your host, guest host this evening. It's our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline, that fourth Friday of the, of the month where we get to come together and spend some time, kind of like a, kind of like a spiritual sorbet, right? You know, you've spent the week looking at everything under the sun. Well, let's close that week out and cleanse the palate a bit and recenter ourselves and we're are doing so specifically with the issue of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I wanted to read uh, two verses, uh, Andy, that would be uh, encouraging. One is just a shocker. In Deuteronomy, of all places, in Deuteronomy 28, verse uh, 47, he tells Israel, Because you did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly, In the time of prosperity, therefore in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve the enemies the Lord sends against you. And this is a part of blessings and curses uh, that he warns Israel, obey me. Keep the covenants. Enjoy the land I'm giving you. Enjoy your God. Enjoy your God. I'm going to give you wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant. I'm going. You've been in a wilderness. I'm giving you the promised land. Why don't you enjoy your God? Enjoy Him. But if you start making that hard, 
making that hard, and they did, and they wanted the other gods. They wanted the other customs. They wanted what these Gentile pagans that surrounded them wanted, and they left the provisions of God, and God became a burden. Oh, we don't want to keep Sabbath. We don't want to offer sacrifices. We Do we have to? Do we have to? And then they were scattered. Then they were enslaved. Then Babylon came. Then Assyria invaded. Oh, it's a heartbreaking story. And you know, God uses this illustration to say, why don't you serve me in good times? Do, do you always have to? I had a relative that it seemed like they always had to be broke or sick to ever go back to church. Hmm. That only bad times would ever get them to think about coming back when prosperity came, uh, when things seemed to be good, then they'd be missing. They'd be missing. And you know what? God wants you to serve him with all your heart. Take your prosperity and advertise God. Say, God bless me. Mm. God supplied this. God, you don't have to be broke to serve God. Uh, there's nothing wrong with prosperity. It's just what we do with it. And we tend, we tend to get to be thankful. And uh, sometimes we start bragging on ourselves. Look what I have done. And so uh, he warns them, be sure you serve me with joy and gladness. And I would say to you and to myself, uh, has your joy increased with your prosperity? Hmm. And has Thanksgiving increased? Sadly, I, I would say, Phil, if, if we were honest with ourselves, we look at our prosperity and it becomes that other God. And then we get bound to it. And now all of a sudden we have banknotes and we have loans and we have loan collectors and we have all these other things starting to swirl around us. And then and we start eating the dust of it. And that is, that's the end result, isn't it? It's, it and, really and, is. and what is it every every millionaire says? You know, how much is enough? Just one more dollar. <laughs> one more dollar. Just one more dollar. It's, it, it's, it's being, looking for satisfaction in something that will never provide it. Never provide. And he said that the coveting, the, I, I think it's amazing that Paul said in Romans 7, I got through all the commandments except covetousness. Just one, and when he, when he gave us Exodus 20, he said, don't covet your neighbor's wife, donkey, property. Yeah. Just, just be content with what God gives you. Be content and thankful. And all I'm telling you, uh, look how far all of us have come. And that is, a, 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 Phil, I, you say that, and I, I can hear I can hear many of our listeners going, yeah, but, you know, look at all my neighbors. Look at all the Joneses that surround me, and look <laughs> at all that they've got. How, how, how can I be content in Christ when I've got all this stuff swirling around me on every side, above and below? It, 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 it accosts my senses daily. So how do, I, how do I overcome the bitterness of not having what my neighbor has? You might quit liquor 
on Facebook <laughs> and maybe drop some of your subscriptions, you know, to Southern Living or whatever. Uh, it, it is truly tough when uh, only we only advertise prosperity. We don't advertise adversity. Yeah. You know, uh, you only run with people who have your same economics. You don't want to run. Uh, a poor man is desperate to have friends. It's, and it, Proverbs says that. It's challenging to take Paul at his word and, and say, okay, how, how do you practically do that? Uh, learn to abound or abase in all things, to be content. How, how do you work through that? How do you work through it? Well, it's, it's the, uh, we are bound in the idolatry of loving loving what is a medium of exchange money. It's the love of this money because it makes us independent, cocky, self-sufficient, arrogant, uh, self-sufficient. It, it has devastating effects on the uh, the moral motivation of us because we become miniature gods. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I don't, boy, I remember when I started Valley Bible over 52 years ago, I used to keep a little sheet of my bills for each month because uh, I had no money. When men invited me to lunch in those early days, it's humiliating, but I would tell them, I'll go, but I have no money. I just wanted to be honest. I said, yeah. I have no money. And they knew it. They were gracious. But I'd make a list, and, and I put Philippians 4.19, and I wrote there, God's checkbook for bankrupt Christians. My God shall supply all oh, you. And then I, I had a highlighter for every bill that was paid for every coat that was bought from one of my children because I was depended for everything. And uh, when I did income tax, uh, the tax man said, we need to give you money to get home. <laughs> he said, hey, you're below poverty. I said, well, I'm rich in God. Amen. I said, because uh, I was afraid of money. I didn't want to be a crooked preacher. Yeah. I, but I was extremely afraid of it yeah. because I, I'd heard of uh, uh, Elmer Gantry's and, and right. mine, mine was, uh, it was extreme. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I'd rather trust and obey and watch him supply, uh, but to love it, and then to be thankful, to be thankful. And I think the wonderful thing is to raise children that knew where the coat came from. Right. To be thankful for the provision, because uh, not entitlement, not uh, arrogance, not being brats about what they have said we know when it came yeah and so uh, god uh, i think some way uh andy it's where uh i'm a 40s child but going back to that generation when i grew up on oral tradition before tv right and when you heard the stories at the table you, you were in touch uh it's what i loved about my black friends is that you you still had stories of right. where we and mahalia jackson saying how we made it over yeah and that stuff moved me because not because we were the smartest we were the this god got us through 
Yes, and it it, it is it, at the end of the day, and I I think our hopefully our audience is starting to get a small glimpse of the direction we're headed this this evening. It, it's brick by brick. And it's building that foundation and building the right foundation yes. in Christ alone. In Christ alone. And it's, it's not easy stuff. It's hard work. Um, but I, I think when you get to heaven, you will have found the price to have been cheap enough. Oh, my. I really do. My. Let's take a quick time out. Pay a couple of bills. We'll be back. We're continuing our conversation on Thanksgiving and what it means to be, as a believer in Christ, truly thankful no matter the circumstance. This is Lifeline on KFAX. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. We are back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. You're truly Andy Froyland. You're you're the moderator. I think that's what they used to call guys like me back in the 60s and 70s. Um, anyway, we are doing our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline tonight, thanks to, uh, to uh, Craig Roberts and his kindness. If you'd like to know more about Truth For Today, uh, we invite you to visit us uh, Monday through Friday right here on KFAX at 530 in the morning. You can listen to Pastor Phil Howard on Truth For Today or 830 Sunday mornings. And then, of course, you can visit the website for all kinds of other great resources materials to augment what you listen to Monday through Friday and Sundays as well. It's truthfortodayradio.org. We are talking about Thanksgiving. Uh, we celebrated Thanksgiving yesterday, and it is uh, our Black Friday edition of uh, Lifeline where we get to get the best deal yet, which is Christ and Christ alone. Amen. You know, Phil, as we as we broke for the, uh, the break, um, I, I was reminded of a pastor of mine in, in times past, actually, down in, in Visalia. Uh, he was a, ref, a, a Christian Reformed church. And he took us through the Lord's Prayer, but he intentionally skipped over the petition, give us this day our daily bread. And he saved that one for last because he knew, as he told us, that had I gone ahead and and preached it in order, I would be missing about half of you the next two or three weeks because you would be mad at me. Because I am asserting to you that this is the least, uh, how do you put it, it was the least offered prayer by most Christians because if they truly understood that petition, they would hate God. Give us this day our daily bread. He said, you honestly pray that, and most of you are going to go away, and if God answers it, he's going to strip you of that 60-day pantry supply you have in your home. And the truth of it is, in his, his the point he was driving home is, how much do we really trust God for our daily supply? Mm. And if we make it a habit... Are we not going to find ourselves to be the happiest of people and the most thankful? Mm. How do To this day, I mean, this was like, this was, I think, 1993. I can remember this. Powerful. It powerful. is. 
but it speaks volumes at how much we have lost sight of our true dependence on Jesus, isn't it? Well, I know so many people have to buy extra freezers they keep in the garage. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, they're ready for the winter that is packed in. Yeah. Uh, it, what an amazing insight your pastor shared. That's yeah. an amazing. Uh, I have to take that in. It, 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 it's, it's a real challenge for us because I think in prosperity, and especially here in our culture and society in America, like you said, we've got all these freezers in our, in our garage, you know, um, we get self-sufficient. self-sufficient. And it's so much easier to rely on me than it is to rely on Jesus. And, and the trade-off, as I think about that, the trade-off, the spiritual trade-off, I'm relying on me, and I'm not relying on God. My, my. And to think that in a culture where you seldom had meat, you were doing good to have bread. Right. Uh, because it wasn't a very agrarian culture, even. No. It, it was uh, to eke out a living in Palestine, especially during Roman occupation. That's uh, a tough nut to swallow. We take it for granted, don't we? I yeah. mean, <clears throat> there will be something to eat in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, will there? You're right, exactly. Well, if I go outside and try and scrounge it up, maybe. But mm-hmm. that was the norm back then. I, you know, as, um, as I as I reflect back on what Thanksgiving was actually surrounded by, you know, the first Thanksgiving just here in America and, and what brought about this holiday of ours. Yeah, 1661. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't have central heating and air. They didn't have thick blankets. They didn't have insulation in their homes. No. Uh, they didn't have running water. They, they didn't have, you know, uh, toilets. Uh, none of that. None of that. But look, to the point that for three days... You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but that Thanksgiving, that first one, lasted three days. These are some grateful folks. Well, what are they grateful for? How God supplied. They were keenly aware that God brought along these Indians to to help them understand how to plant and what to plant and how to grow. They survived the journey on the Mayflower. I mean, it is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and that first winter they survived. Well, they lost half, but it's that second winter uh, that they come up against after the harvest and after the the, the Indians are, are helping them through. But the gratefulness that they had, and you can read some of these old documents, the gratefulness to God for all that he provided. Yes. Well, and Californians can't appreciate it. You go to Massachusetts in the winter. Yeah. You go to the East Coast in just just the weather. Uh, But my, to have survived, uh, my, and and revisionists can get rid of everything they want. But no, those who were truly there, Thanksgiving, not arrogance, was the condition of their heart. It It was contrite humility with joyfulness with joyfulness with joyfulness and you know what uh, God's church was born in adversity you know when your founder is crucified when your best spokesmen uh, James Peter and Paul are, are all killed yeah. uh, 
I mean, these are the, the, the most of the apostles were killed and martyred. But I mean, do they have a? Well, don't tell me you can have a song. Yeah. Don't tell me this thing's going to succeed. Yeah. Uh, and here we go, two thousand years, still hated, still having martyrs. Uh, I, I just heard Alan Dershowitz say, in light of the Jewish-Hamas conflict going on, he said, "Those who will kill a Jew, their hand is usually not far from killing the Christian." Yes, because they're so closely identified. Right, and so it's a dangerous world. But in spite of it. I hear Jesus say, my joy, I will leave with you, and I will leave with you my enemies. Yeah. They hated me, they will hate you, but I will not take away my joy. I, I love uh, J.B. Phillips, uh, his translation on James 1, welcome trials as a dear friend. Mm-hmm. I mean that, thing, that that sentence, that statement, that concept is wrapped in joy. Mm-hmm. It's wrapped in delight mm-hmm. and eagerness, right? Yes. And he's saying, "Look, this is this is what these trials are there for. They're, they're going to draw you to the one that matters the most." <laughs> you know, I, I before before we even began this 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 evening, we were praying. You know, and I, I appreciated your thought in in your prayer. Uh, These trials are light and momentary compared to the, and I love that, that, what's that, the Greek X, right? The the eternal weight of glory, you know, (laughs) I love the way Paul crosses that, that it's a Greek term and I can't remember it, but it's... It's Kai, but Kai is... Yeah, Yeah. and it's a a unique little literary deal that he does, but it, it, it is, it's true, we've, I think we have... I think, Phil, at the end of the day, we've just lost sight of heaven. And I I think of the Psalms here. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Yes. Give thanks, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. And yet Romans 1 says that they were not thankful. They did not want to acknowledge a God that they truly knew at one time, but they refused to give thanks. And uh, uh, I think of uh, what he said. One of the spirits, I grew up in a tradition that we were always uh, emphasizing spirit filling, and we emphasized so many different uh, effects and uh, signs of that filling, you know, uh, the different gifts of the Spirit, uh, power, uh, you know, you ought to be able to cast out at least five demons. And uh, uh, and and many times we fail to start with the main demon, which was ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, but listen to what he says. He said, uh, "Don't get drunk or stop getting drunk. Stop getting yourself under the influence of wine, which leads to uh, debauchery, stupidity, falling on the floor, falling on the bar." Uh, being a fool in front of your kids, doing stuff you'll regret. Instead, why don't you get yourself under the control of the Spirit? I'm commanding this. Get under the control of the Spirit. Mm. And when this happens, he starts using participles. 
These are adjectives to describe. Here's how we'll know that you have come under the influence of the Spirit. Uh, He didn't say anything here about tongues, but watch what he says. You will use your tongue, what? Speaking to one another with psalms. There's 150 of them. Hymns, sacred songs that emphasize God, uh, and songs from the Spirit. Okay. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. You know what? Uh, Spirit-filled people, they love to sing to God. They do. Mm. And it did say they know how to sing. It just, it's, you're not going to get a record contract. You're not going to get a record contract. But boy, they, they want to sing. I grew up with them. We, we wanted to sing. And it goes on. And make music from your heart. There's where the symphony is going on. The right. heart. Always giving thanks to God the Father for your mother-in-law <laughs> oh, here you go. Your boss, your wife, your next door neighbor, your next door neighbor, uh, the bulldog in your neighbor's yard for everything because you don't know what's going on. No, no. You, giving thanks will be a way of life, and it's evidence. If I track that back, why are you thankful? Uh, when did you get out of the home? No, no, no. I, I've been under the influence of the Spirit. I've been the, I used to be the worst brawler, <laughs> bad mouth perhaps, maybe the town drunk, or, or the, or the uh, church griper. It is a sin to go to church and gripe. Yeah. Uh, because Hebrews says every believer priest is to offer sacrifice to God. And guess what God says? It's a living sacrifice if there's thanksgiving in it. Yes. When you are giving thanks to God, God says, as it were, the euphemism of the Old Testament, he inhales. That smells like a sacrifice to me because there's thanksgiving in it. Amen. And when there's murmuring, he judged Israel. It was one of the ten things that irritated God with their march is they griped about Moses. They griped. And he said the apostate teachers in Jude, they will murmur and complain about everything. At the end of the day, simply put, Thanksgiving is heaven-born, not earth-grown. Absolutely. Heaven-born. I love it. Yep. We need to take another time out and pay a couple of bills, keep the lights on so we can see what we're doing. But we will come back in just a couple of minutes as Lifeline continues. It is our Truth For Today edition. And now from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we're back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. Truth For Today edition on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And that's what we're talking about here, if you're just joining us. Thanksgiving and what Thanksgiving looks like. You know, you, 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 you were, as you were talking just before the break, uh, Pastor Phil, I, I couldn't help but go back to, because so much of our life in this life is in adversity. I mean, there's always going to be the struggles and there's always going to be the trials. And I think it's it's pretty much natural for most, even Christians, to want to run 
from uh, from trials and persecutions, and boy, we don't like it. Even though, even though Paul tells us in Philippians, it's been guaranteed to us. Uh, we we talked about James, where we are to welcome trials as dear friends. But then, uh, uh, this passage here in Colossians, I, I, I love this. This is this this drives most people nuts. Paul says, now I, 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 I struggle in my sufferings. No, he, he says, I, I, I hate my sufferings. No, uh-uh. he says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church. Here's a guy who got it. He understood that every trial and every challenge he goes through, it's going to reflect back somehow on the church for their betterment and for their growth and for their clarity and understanding. He, 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 it's like Paul saying, "Look, watch me as I go through this, and then imitate me." <laughs> this is how this is how you're going to go through trials and struggles. Man, rejoice, be thankful. <laughs> how do you, how do you counsel somebody in, 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 in to follow this? I mean, that, that is just so foreign to our American culture today, isn't it? It is, and and when you think about it, uh, how many of us would want to say, "Watch me, I'm in adversity," yeah, uh, and you'll see how to react. You'll see a divine pattern. Uh, watch me. Uh, I, I, I'm just amazed that, you know, I, I'm going to say, uh, please don't watch me now. Wait yeah. till I'm preaching. That's the model right. you want to yeah. see when I do my sermon. You're absolutely right. As, as, as somebody in ministry, uh, more often than not, as I find myself in a trial, I don't want, uh, no, no, don't look at me. <laughs> I'm failing at this. I'm not, you know, and the thing is, you would like you and I, we know. <laughs> We know what we're called to, and we still bristle at this. Absolutely. And suffering was a way of life. It was not a surprise. It was a, you, you figured there's no motels. Right. Uh, that was not a brothel, practically. And so believers were housing Christians on the run all the time, on the run. And, and so they were on the network. Brother so-and-so's fleeing his job, fleeing his neighborhood. I mean, they were in the know. They were either fleeing or giving refuge. It, it was just a church on the move under persecution. How they survived, it was the grace of God. Yeah. And how God's grace was on display. Yeah. My, yeah, I, I'm amazed. I th- I, yeah, and I, I think this is where we're headed for the rest of the evening, brother. Um, at the end of the day, these men and women that we read of here in the New Testament are able to suffer because it, it's it's... It's as if the gospel is still pure enough from the source. Mm-hmm. We're still first century. Mm-hmm. An understanding of Jesus and who he was is, is so fresh in their minds. How do, we, how do we find our way back to that? How do we find our way back to the source, to where we can stand with our brothers and sisters in the first century and go, man, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm not talking about winning a ball game. I think... It's when he becomes the model and not uh, all, as it were, the American church, uh, as it were, prosperity, bigness, uh, and, and all of this 
this kind of that this is church. Uh, I uh, I've been around some bigger churches uh, recently, and as I uh, made my way back to this area, I'm just aware of how weak, how small, how insignificant, how uh, needy uh, the church in the area I've been for so many years. Needy, needy, unimpressive. Uh, only God would want to put his name on it. It's not impressive. Right. Not impressive. And I think uh, the Lord Jesus was not impressive until you were sick, hmm. until someone was dead, right. until you needed a miracle, and that uh, he is the attraction and he creates contentment, joy. Dear woman, dear woman, you don't have to be a street walker when you know me. Hmm. Because I'm the thirst quencher. Uh, and that uh, what do we have to market? It's Christ that uh, quenches the thirst. We have nothing else. And uh, uh, our bands aren't that good. Our music's not that good. Uh, Christ is the only thing we have that can really quench the thirst. And put a song in your heart. And songs in the night. Uh, I give you Jesus. Hmm. Uh, he'll make your heart dance. He'll, he'll give you forgiveness. I'm thinking of uh, at that one point where Jesus is working through a really difficult teaching and doctrine. This is my body and this is my blood. Unless you eat of my flesh, you have no part of me. And uh, there, you know, everyone. Everyone around him is thinking, oh, this guy's going cannibalistic on us. And they all leave. And only the 12 are left. And Jesus says, do you, do you want to leave too? And I love the, the answer. You have the words of life. Where else are we going to go? And I, I, at some t there are times I, I survey our land and I look out and it, it's like Jesus is standing before the Church of America as, as they're exiting the doors. Just is there anybody who's going to stick around? Who's who's going to stick around? Who's going to who's going to walk this tough road? Yeah, there's some hard things going on here. You're going to go through some hard hard. And as I said earlier in the in the program, you get home to heaven, you're going to find the price to have been cheap enough. No matter what you lose in this life, no matter what we go through in this life, compared to the weight of glory, like Paul says. Oh, it's light and momentary. Light and momentary. And I think the all of life is bargaining. It's trading. And uh, uh, you can get what you want, but you will lose what you have. And it's the story from Adam and Eve all the way to the cross that, Adam, you can get the tree, but you'll lose paradise. Right. David? You can get another woman. Jim Elliot. What's that famous quote from Jim Elliot? Uh, he is no fool to give up what he cannot keep. Yep. 
to gain what he, he cannot, cannot lose. And Judas, you just lost your best friend. He did. You just lost your Savior. And you know what? You won't even keep the 30 pieces of silver. And I just read in Exodus this morning, 30 pieces of silver was the compensation you paid for a gourd servant. Right. He wasn't worth more than a gourd servant. servant. Yeah. And so that uh, the trade, what will a man take in exchange? What is the source of your joy? And I think way back through the years, we knew some members of the family that would get drunk at these occasions. And Big Booze Bill, we're over here in church singing his praises, thankful to be alive. And uh, mm-hmm. you know what? The joy just keeps growing, getting better better the other sadder and sadder the closer to the heart of him i get the sweeter he becomes yes sir let's take another quick time out pay some bills and come back and continue our conversation surrounding thanksgiving here on truth for today edition of lifeline